This is the Six Go Podcast. Thanks very much for joining us today. My name's Tom Canfell, joined by Damien Seabold to do our 2023 Canberra Raiders review. Now, Seabs, this is a team that I think both you and I have a massive circle around heading into this year because clearly they overachieved in 2023. Well, first of all, morning, Tom. Um, mate, I, I agree. I think... The, the first thing that stood out for me, having a look at the ladder just before we um, we jumped on to to do the podcast today, was their for and against. How on earth can someone be negative 137 and make the finals? You know, teams at 9, 10, 11, and 12 were all in the positive. So, yeah, I, I don't know. When the Raiders got beaten, they got absolutely hammered. And then when they were winning, they were only winning, you know, by a small margin, um, and arguably their best player, the best player they've had for the last decade, is now gone. So, you know, there's some things that are going to be interesting this year. I don't think it's all doom and gloom for the Raiders from a long-term perspective, but in the short term, I think that they're definitely going to cop a hit. You mentioned Jack White in there. He's leaving, obviously. Uh, and whenever they did get up, quite often it was off the off the back of some Jack White and brilliance to, to get them in a position to win the game. Uh, but they do have some youngsters there that I think are really exciting, like Matt Tomoko is one. I know he's probably going to miss uh, a, a bit of the start of the season due to that tackle at the end of last year, but uh, he's a really exciting player. Yeah, look, he goes fine. He goes okay. Raiders have got a number of players, in my opinion, that I don't have a massive rap on, but they're decent footy players. So, you know, when you've got a whole heap of them, it puts together a good squad. When you've got some elite players like um, Joseph Tarpany um, and and Jack White, which they had last year, then it complements those players. I think the biggest issue that they're going to have moving forward and, and the biggest issue they had last year was their halves, hooker and fullback. I, I really think that they're deficient in those areas. And like, I don't think they've signed anyone that are going to improve those those spaces. And, and when you consider Whiten is gone, I know he played a little bit of center during the year as well. Um, no, I, I disagree. I, I can't see the Raiders getting out of the bottom four next year. Oh, I, I agree from a short-term perspective. Um, yeah, Because okay. the the fact of the matter is you can't say with a bullet who's going to play fullback, who's going to play dummy half, and who's going to be your halves combination. Yeah. And when you consider Josh Papali'i, who has been a star and will go down as one of the best forwards um, that the Raiders have ever had, a, an origin great, he's getting older, slower, and bigger by the day. So I, I don't know how much longer he's going to be able to play at such a high level. Um, they're going to have to start to limit his minutes to get um, the effectiveness in him or, you know, get him super rock hard fit again. Um, you know, again, they're very fortunate that they do have Tarpany. They've got Corey Horsburgh who goes quite good. Um, so they've got, you know, some decent forwards there. Elliot Whitehead's another year older. So again, Elliot Whitehead's a star. He's a, he's an excellent, excellent international rugby league player, but, but he's, he's aging. Um, you know, at at a certain point, guys like Whitehead, we've seen it with Kurt Capewell, they do start to really fall away compared to what their lofty standards um, had had been in the past. The writing was on the wall for them at the back of the season. So they they beat West Tigers 22-18 and the way the Tigers were going, that was a pretty ordinary win, to be honest. Then they got towed up by Melbourne 48-2. Then they struggled to beat the Bulldogs, who were conceding about 40 points a game at the time. Like they, Their defense was an absolute 
uh, enigma. It was nothing. Uh, yeah. And then they they did have a spirited effort against the Broncos, uh, but I think the Broncos had one eye on the minor premiership that night, and uh, oh, oh, sorry, on the on the finals that night because uh, yeah. they certainly took their foot off the gas uh, at the start. They're, of that they're game. also a bit of a uh, a bogey team for the they Broncos. Like they, they always make it tough for them. So you know th- that's one of the things there, I suppose, that we need to keep in mind. For sure, for sure. And then they got Cronulla back into form, heading into the finals uh, yes, with a did. win. And then their best performance out of their probably last 10 weeks was in the final uh, against the Knights. And the Knights yeah. were, had won a lot in a row at the time, and they, they come into that game off some red-hot form, Callum Ponga playing out of his mind. And look, to to be fair, they put up a great effort that day. They, they did. And the more we're talking and the more we're, you know, Looking at things retrospectively, a number of good teams probably underperformed, which enabled Canberra to sneak into the eight last year. I, I just can't talk myself out of the fact that I think they're a rubbish footy team. I, I really do. Um, Rapana is a, a 32, 33-year-old lottery. You know, he, he he tries hard. He rips in every week. But you never know if he's going to get suspended, sent off, score a try, drop the footy, make a 50-metre break. Um, Seb Chris is a centre playing at fullback. Matt Tomoko goes okay. Um, their other wing spot, they, they chopped and changed all year. Their halves are unsettled. As I said, Whitehead's another year older. Tarpany's unreal. Corey Horsburgh goes good. Papaliti's good. Outside of that, I really struggle to see too many bright spots. Um, you know, Ko Weeks is moving there. I don't know what position he is. Um, he could be a good footballer. He's shown some ability, but again, the opportunities he got in the halves for Manly last year, he was very underwhelming. I think he's probably more of a of a fullback than a than a half. Um, and, and he's pegged to play in the halves as a starting six for them in in round one. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel I feel like I'm being very negative at the moment, but there was not <laughs> one thing that I enjoyed about the apart from Tarpany, not one thing I enjoyed about the Raiders last year. They remind me a bit of the Steelers in the NFL. The Steelers in the NFL have no offense whatsoever, and whenever they win games, their their plan in in hindsight was just we're just going to bash you, and that's going to be it. So yeah. they, like whenever they win games, you go, man, they were really physical today, they, Canberra. They were yeah, really they got up for this game. You can't, you can't do that every week. Or it's you know it's when Tarpany's got his laid offloads going, and they get that momentum, and and Jack White can react off the back of it. Well, they don't have Jack White anymore. So yeah, I think I think it's going to be a tough, tough year for for Raiders fans, and. I want you to come back and, and bring this vision back up, this audio back up in September when they're sitting fifth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I lie. There is another thing that I love about watching the Raiders. I love yes. watching Ricky Stewart. Yes, Ricky. I do Ricky's love watching Ricky. Ricky's great. Ricky's great. Uh, you and I have spoken about the top 12, and you, you can yeah. talk about the ladder all you want, but to, to me there's a top 12 between the, the teams who can make the eight and then the rest. I personally don't think that Raiders are in the top 12 this year. I'd, no. It would be a remarkable effort for them to make the eight this year. No, I agree. It'd be a coaching masterclass from Stuart, which he probably doesn't get enough credit for what he did with them last year, getting him into the eight. Um, because, you know, it, it was a, it was a great effort for them to, to finish where they did. Um, 
I, I do think you're right. There, there's going to be 12 teams that are significantly better than, than the other five. However, as time goes on, I think we're not going to see such a clear gap between one and two and the rest. I think that group of 12, it wouldn't shock me if anyone within that 12 was in the top four. Penrith are losing players every year. Yes, Nathan Cleary is still there. They're still going to be top four in my opinion. But can they continue to perform at the high level that they do every year when they're losing so many players? Um, will they go from being so much better than everyone to just in that group of, of top four teams? I, I think Brisbane are going to really um, come back to the pack a little bit. Now, again, they could easily finish in the top four. However, they are losing four starting players from their side. That's you lose right. four starting players from any side, it, it's going to hurt. So, you know, th- there's going to be some issues there. Things are going to be interesting. I just think that the eight in particular is going to look a lot different to what it did this year. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. And, you know, what the the runs that the Roosters and Melbourne went on in the mid-2000s where every year they were in the top four and they, they would lose players, uh, that's the yeah. anomaly. That's not the rural. Like, that's a... Well, and, and look, we... <laughs> This is the f- this will be the fifth year that Penrith have done it, so it's not like it's just been a couple of years. They they made yes, it is. It's the fifth year where they've been sitting realistically head and shoulders in the top two teams, or or significantly better than everyone. Um, and, and if they do it again, well, in my mind, they're already on par with what Storm and and Roosters did during those years. Yep. Mainly, if you go back fifteen years ago, they've done what those teams did. Even those teams had a dip for a year or two before they come good again. Well, Melbourne's probably the only one that did continually regenerate themselves a year or two of, you know, just being a top six team and, and then they'd be top two again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the the Raiders it's 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 really tough because they've got you are right, they've got a they've got a group of young players there coming through the Raiders. I, I understand that their their juniors actually won the competition, I think, last year. They won the competition. Uh, so, yeah. so they do have some good juniors coming through, but no stars. And I, I, I use the word stars yeah. a little bit loosely there. I thought Xavier Savage was going to come on and tear them apart this year, but, but a couple of bit, injuries bit along slight, the way, I think. Yeah, may, maybe a bit, bit of bit light. Uh, yeah. So I, I still hold out a bit of hope for Xavier Savage that he'll get another chance. Um, but um, as far as X Factor, there's not a lot there. No, not not from the outside looking in. Again, there could be one or two stars in that 19s that we're not aware of. Young Strange, uh, I think it's Ethan Strange. He, he he is a star. He's got a lot of Bradman best about him. Um, but the other thing too, which I think you know we we overhype um, in in regards to footy, is star juniors and star junior teams because realistically, the majority of kids that are stars at 17, 18, 19, unless they're paying house or, or for feeder or, you know, that freakish man child, they don't kick on. You know, they don't really do anything. And I think the proof is in, um, I don't know about you, but in my social media a lot lately, I've seen just constant um, articles around, I think it's Coat Sports are doing it around um, all the different um, Australian schoolboys players. And the different schools that have had Australian schoolboys players and how many they've been and, and what all the teams are. Considering that most of these guys are 18, if you go through and have a look at the Australian schoolboy sides from every single year, 
more players don't kick on and play first grade than what do, let alone become stars in first grade. So, you know, I think we do get carried away a little bit at times with how good junior systems are or how good junior teams are because at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what's happening until you're 2021. 20, and that's exactly right. And when you're in those young teams too, it and I mean this respectfully, the players that, the players that, are involved in the team that have a lot of success can get carried on further beyond their ability. Yeah, for sure. They might make it a lot further than other people who are more talented than them, purely just based on the team that they were in was fantastic. So they must be a big part of that. Yeah, and then you've got the guys um, who who just get there and and kick on just a pure work ethic. And again, don't get me wrong, there's a quarter of... a third of every one of those teams are full of players that went on and played plenty of first grade and were stars. It's just, I think our point is just because you've got a good junior team doesn't mean it's going to translate to success in, in first grade as a team or, or a player. So, you know, Raiders have got to make sure that they keep the right ones and, and move on the ones that may have already peaked or, or don't have too much of a future. And, and it's, it's a guessing game at times. And, you know, we spoke um, in the Melbourne uh, season review about how good Frank Panisi has been with um, getting the right aging player or the right young gun at the right price. A bit of luck's got to be involved as well. I'm going to throw something out there and it might seem a little bit crazy for a team that just made the eight. We both don't expect the Raiders to make the eight in 2024. Are they a spoon contender? Gee, they're going to have to be bad to beat the Tigers. Like, because oh, oh, I think the dogs are rubbish, but they're going to be a little bit better. So, Stephen Crichton yeah, adds they'll be there a, about a crazy yeah, amount of course to them. he does. He does kick our fit adds a crazy amount to them. Yeah, um, dragons are going to be better. They've got a couple of good signings. Yes, they've lost a couple of halves, so that that is going to hurt them. But I would expect them to be better. And again, when we spoke about the dragon season. When you look at it, they had so many games that they only just lost. They were in most games. So it's not like they were a pathetic side. Um, Dolphins, I think they'll be about the same. I, you know, They probably won't win as many games, in, in my opinion. Um, I, so I think the Dolphins, the Dolphins for me are clearly better than the Raiders this year. Clearly better. The additions of Farnworth and the additions of yeah, Flegler as well. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. yeah. But they've still got aging Bromwiches. They've still got aging Kafusi, who will get carried this year. And again, they're going to have two or three games where they're outstanding, but they're going to have a lot of games where their their age really shows. That to me, that's less problematic in the forwards. If you've got aging forwards, that's one thing. But if you've got aging spine players who slow aren't providing back. anything, or, or or slow outside backs, yeah, yeah. And Farmworth's going to be great for for the Dolphins. Yeah, the hammer as well. Like they've got a, yeah. they've got a, they've got X factor in their side who can score points from anywhere. I don't see that with the Raiders. Who's the guy when you're coaching against the Raiders yeah. this year? Who's the guy you're circling and go? Oh, we have to shut this bloke down, otherwise we're screwed. There's no one. Jack White. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's, there's <laughs> well, no like, like yeah, it's Tarpany, isn't it? Like if Tarpany's not creating offloads and and laid offloads, I don't see where where too much attack is going to come from. Yeah. I, part of me thinks that they are a spoon contender. And I, I just think that the Tigers, I, I don't expect the Tigers to be good, uh, but I, I, I could see the Tigers being better than the Raiders. 
on their squads, like realistically, they're probably on par. Would you think? I w- I would think that the Tigers have a slightly better squad. Uh, at at for for twenty twenty four, I'll say if the I'm 20, investing twenty twenty four, well, yeah, they're definitely in the hooker hooker role. Um, you know, Corus has good. Their forwards, well, both have got aging aging palms. <laughs> yes. Um, both have got a couple of young props that that go well. I think Tarpany's, you know, definitely the best player in in those two teams combined. Um. Outside well, backwise, Tigers don't really have much. Hey, Dream Buller is by far the best outside back in both teams, in my opinion. Buller's good. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, he if, is. I, I I agree. If you were doing a list of the top five players across those two squads, Tarpany's well, then definitely. Well, then it's going to come down to coach. He is. He. I think he's the best player out of the yeah. two, the two squads. Coruscant's probably second best. That's right, and I could argue that. The Tigers probably have two, three, and four, like in their squad uh, over the Raiders. Yeah, but I just they definitely have got. And I get that. And we're talking we're talking about two teams who could be in the bottom four here. We're not talking about Premiership contenders. And my no, definitely. And my other argument was about to be then if they're pretty similar on paper, what does it come down to? Well, I'm confident that Ricky Stewart's going to outcoach Benji. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Uh, that's our Raiders. So, of... Yeah, yeah, so so to answer the question, yeah, Raiders will be there thereabouts, but they may not be the spoon. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And uh, just last point on that, it's a good point that you raise. Uh, we mentioned before that Raiders sometimes just get up and bash a team for they do it to Melbourne all the time uh, because Ricky's a lunatic. Because Ricky's a lunatic. Yeah, yeah, yep. and, and that's right. He's been an NRL coach for going on twenty five years now, and. He, he very rarely misses the eight. He's had success. He's made lots of grand finals. He's won comps. You know, he, he is a good coach. So, and it's he's proven. Benji might be a good coach. We don't know yet. Yeah, and there, there is, and Benji will learn this along the way. There are certain things that Ricky would do at training or, or on game day to get a spark out of the team, yeah. and th- that is that could that could get them two or three wins throughout the year. Just just the coaching Definitely. sort just of just his blow up. Just yeah. the, way he, the way he snaps or can get him passionate about something. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, could be a bit of a retooling year for the Raiders, though, in 2024. That's our season review for the Raiders in 2023, and this has been the 6 Go Podcast, and that is full-time.